we enjoying the morning? Good to be in church. Well done for being here. It's great to see you um, in Breathe New Life Church. Still getting used to saying that. There's a few times other things nearly roll off my tongue and we're all learning, aren't we? We're all in, on a journey of transition, aren't we? From the old to the new. Would you agree? And there's some language I have that needs to change that Jesus wants to look at and change because he loves me and he wants me to love myself and love other people. So we're all on a journey. Amen. We're all on a journey of being transformed, it says. Now, you may not be a Christian this morning. You can start that journey. You get opportunity this morning to, to be introduced to Jesus and go on a journey with God. So um, we're going to, um, I'm speaking this morning, as Beck said, on far-reaching um, it's one of the words that we, we, we looked at as a church earlier on, I think it was last year, when I came with a new name, we came up with these five elements or five purposes, and I, I really believe in these five purposes, I think they're not just purposes for us as a church, I think they're life purposes, so living Jesus-centered, putting God number one in your life is key, I believe in that, and I think growing as an individual, growing in your identity as a child of God, loved, you know, so being rooted is, again, is a fundamental value, I think, for life. Um, and obviously together, we're not here to just do life to, on our own, but we're here to do this together. We can do so much more together. Would you agree? You know, we've got a missions team going out in September. I think we've got 11, I'm looking. We've got 11 people going, right? That's wonderful. We can do so much more than just one person going out on a mission. But can you imagine the whole church getting on board with the mission? How much more we can do to impact a community when the whole church are on mission? And that's just one group of people that are going. So it's important that we do life together. We love one another. We journey together because we can do so much more. It's more beneficial. And then last week, Sarah talked on um, being broad. So developing not only your gifting, she talked on character as well, that character is important to develop. But we need to develop your gifting. This morning, we've got gifted people that can help the church here. We want gifted people also in the world who can go and make a difference wherever they are. We need teachers, we need doctors, we need, you know, musicians in school. We, we need them out there making a difference. Would you, does that make sense? So we need it in here, but we also need it out there because that's the mission field. And then this morning, I'm speaking on far-reaching, which I believe is so, so key. It's God himself who reaches far. You know, if God didn't reach out to me and you, we wouldn't be here this morning. If somebody didn't reach out to you, on your journey, you wouldn't be here this morning. So it's fundamental, I believe, not just as church, well, it's fundamental as church, but also in wherever you are to reach out to others because someone first reached out to you. Now, sometimes I think to myself, well, how do we do this and what do we do? It's challenging. Would you agree? I've asked people to church and they haven't come and I wonder why they haven't come and, you know, people rejected Jesus so there'll be times when people don't get on board with what we're saying and that's okay because it's a long-term project and God's got a lot of patience and a lot of grace for these people would you agree he had a lot of grace for me I know that so I know he's got grace for others so I'm going to look at a scripture I'm going to share some points this morning which I think will help you to understand hopefully the importance of far-reaching and why we need to do it so the first scripture is Luke 14 15 to 23 
And it's Jesus who's sitting, he's been sitting with a Pharisee, and there's, there's an example of someone you can read in the previous uh, verses. But I'm just going to read a story, it's almost like a parable, but it's relating to the, the religious people of the day, but it's also relig- relating to the wider community of Jews of the day that have been given the word of God, that have been given the truth of God, but they've only done so much with it, okay? So this is where Jesus is coming in, talking to someone. He says, when one of those... At the table with him, heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all, they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try. Imagine ordering them on Amazon. Imagine them turning off. Please excuse me. I bet Amazon would get them there, wouldn't they? They wouldn't give excuses. Still another said, I've just got married. <laughs> So I can't come. <laughs> I've heard that one before as well in church. I'm having time off because I'm getting married. Well, good luck. I have time off at home as well. It doesn't work like that. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Challenging words, would you agree? You know, this is Jesus speaking to a religious people that have kind of been given the gospel, been given the word of God, been given the truth, yet they've not implemented it in their lives and made a difference, not just for themselves, that they're blessed, but for the wider community, for their enemies. Because God wanted to reach beyond just Israel. He wanted to reach the whole world. He wants his house to be full with the previous enemies so they could be reconciled and come back to God and know his love. That was the plan of God. But Israel, because of people, because me and you, our hearts, our sin, we generally revert back to our selfishness. Would you agree? How is life affecting me? We're consumers. And God comes in to correct the issue with Jesus. Jesus is the one who comes to make a difference. Jesus is the one who changes our lives. Jesus is the one who gives us a new heart. He, gives us, he removes the stony heart and gives us this heart of flesh so that now we're not just consumed by ourselves. We're looking out for others as well on the journey. Making sense? Jesus is the one who comes to make the difference. But you know, we can start this journey and we all want to be a part of it, don't we? Maybe we don't. Maybe you want to be a part of something. Maybe you want to be part of a football team or a group, you know, of young adults. Or you want to be part of a movement. The guys went to YA yesterday. You want to be a part of something. You know, and you may be a believer this morning. You're a part of this church. 
you became a part of the belief system that Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. You became a part of God's family. This is my family. It's God's family. You became a part of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. And I'm a part of what God is doing. Or we call it in church, the body of Christ. I am a part of this. Making sense? Is this, is this okay? You with me? And we're all, God wants us to be a part of his family. Part of his, the inheritance that he has for us. Forgiveness of sins. Eternal life. Amazing. Amen? This is your portion. This is your part that God offers you as you partake with him. He partakes with you and says, because you love me, I love you and I give you this. I give you forgiveness of sins. Your past is removed. You get a new start. Your future's changed. Now, not only is you secure, because you're a part of this, your future is secure. You have eternity with me. You're all a part of this, if you're a believer. You don't earn it. You don't work at it. You simply recognize you can't do it, and you receive it by the grace of God. That's the freedom that this brings. This is the good news, right? This is what God's offering you. You don't earn your your part. You just become a part by grace. Wow. Wow. I don't earn this. No, no, you don't earn it. You don't have to work at it. You just receive the gospel by grace, by believing in Jesus and Jesus makes a way. We all become a part of it. Now, there's, I think there's something more than just being a part of it. Jesus here tells a story of a banquet. Does anybody want to go to the banquet? You imagine what Jesus' banquet, God's banquet's like. I reckon it's all inclusive. Yeah? It's not half bored. Oh, I've got to think, oh, I've got to get the kids, I've got to get this, I've got to get, I've got to get there, what we're going to do, we've got to plan. No, 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 all inclusive. There's the spread. Come, partake. You're a part of it. Sit at my table and partake of the banquet. Does it satisfy? Do you think it'll satisfy? I think it's more than satisfying. Imagine sitting in eternity with God eating. Can you imagine what food's on the table? Wow. You thought Nando's was good. You thought Pizza Rock was good. You thought McDonald's. Curse all you people going McDonald's. is not healthy. Sorry. I know it is. I love it as well. Right? He, he, listen, you thought, you thought, come on, Bompanasia was the business. It's like heaven on earth, Bompanasia. Well, I'm telling you now, it's got nothing to ca- compare to what God's banquet has in heaven. We're going to spend eternity with God, feasting with God on the riches of God. He's going to go, check this one out, Paul. You didn't see that one coming, did you? And I go, whoa, what is this? This is nourishing me. This is manna. This is like, wow, this is supernatural food that we're getting. Are you with me? We've got a banquet in heaven that's prepared by God for eternity. And he's inviting everybody to get on board with it. Come on, come to the party. The problem is we want to be a part of it, but we don't want to understand something deeper, which is the why. There's a why involved in this. Why did God die? Why did God come? Why did God appear to us? Why didn't he just leave me? You see, I believe when we understand the why, we'll actually understand that we're part of a party. I got it! I'm a child of God! Woo! I'm a part of the party. Are you with me? I'm not just a partaker now. I'm actually in the party. I got it now. And I think as a child, as a believer, you know when children are little, right? What do they ask you? If you've got ch- why? Why, Daddy? We're going to McDonald's. Why? We don't go to McDonald's. Why? Right? Why? Why, why? why is that happening? Why is he? I took my, bro- uh, took my little brother's little in football the other month, right? I had 90 minutes 
of why. I didn't watch any of the game. No game. I don't know what happened. Probably nil-nil knowing Stoke. Right? All I'd got was, Uncle Paul, why is the referee running like that? Uncle Paul, why is he on the ground? Uncle Paul, why? Uncle Paul, why? Uncle Paul, why? I went to bed going, oh, Uncle Paul. Oh, he's not there. (laughs) Uncle Paul, you know? Uncle Paul, why? Right? Why is that important? Because children understand. They, they, don't, they have the wonder. They want to learn. They want to find something new. And that's what we have to have as children of God. Jesus, why did you come? Why are you saying that? Why am I like this? Why, why am I messed up? Why, why can't I be like that? Why can't I partake of the banquet? Well, you can. Keep asking the why and keep learning. Well, it says I'm a child of God. But I don't feel like a child of God. Well, why don't you feel like a child of God? Are you listening to the truth that you're a child of God? Are you eating at the banquets? Have you come to the table? Or do you feel that you're not good enough to sit at the table? So you're still working through identity issues. You're still working through past failures and disappointments and stuff that's there that's holding you back. And God's saying, come on, come to my table. Get, you, get, get, get out of that and come and sit at my table, princess. Prince, you're the daughter of a king. You're the son of a king. You're, you're mine, God says. And I have made a way that you can come and sit with me in my presence. Enjoy my presence. But you know what? If we don't ask the why or understand the why, we won't understand the party. We'll be a part of it, we'll turn up, but we're not really part of the party. We're a part of church, we come to church, but I'm, I'm missing the why in this. I'm, I'm missing that actually people are going to hell. I forgot about that. I forgot about my life matters now and it, it has purpose and meaning and actually my life, life is a light to others and I've forgotten the why, why Jesus came. I've forgotten I need to be, that I'm on a mission every day with a purpose, with a meaning. Tomorrow, I am on mission field. I'm not just racking up to work. I am on mission for God tomorrow morning. I have purpose. I have meaning. My, that means now my thoughts, my language, my behavior really matter. They have eternal consequences for those who watch and observe everything I do. Or am I just a hypocrite who says something and lives a different way? Sorry, is this challenging? If you understand the why and the eternity and the consequences and what God's done, you'll understand that your life truly matters now and that you have influence where you are. Whether you believe it or not, you are now a witness if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. You will witness good or you will witness bad, but you will still witness where you are. You will breathe life or not life. It's up to you. This is real deal. This is serious stuff. This is emergency. There's a, I don't know if you know there's a problem in the world. And God sent you. <laughs> that is an emergency. Why would you send me? I'll send you because you know what it feels like to be human and to wrestle through this stuff. And you can connect with people who are also wrestling through it. That's why he comes and sends you. That's why he loves you. And he doesn't just solve it himself, but he finds people like you to put you in places where you can make a difference. Let's read another scripture. Jesus says, John 17, in the same way that you gave me, he's talking to the Father, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world. This is Jesus speaking. Just as Father gave me a mission, now I give them a mission in the world. That's your job. If you're a believer of Jesus, you now have a mission in this world. That's the message version. Acts 20 Paul says this, 
the most important thing, 2020, sorry, 2024, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell the people the good news about God's grace. I mean, there's some important things in this world, right? Cure for cancer. Would you say that's important? We want to see people cured of cancer. Yeah? There are a lot of important things that we need in this world. We need Brexit sorting out. That's really important. Yeah? Is it going to change the world? Is it going to change the destiny of this nation? The eternity of this nation? I'm not saying it's not important. It is. But is it really important? You see what I'm saying? What does Paul say? The most important thing is I complete the mission. What's your mission? To tell people about Jesus. To tell people about the grace of God is the most important thing. It's more important than the cure to cancer. And I'm not diminishing them. We want people to be cured from cancer. But God has cured something even more greater than that. He's cured something called sin. Disconnection from God. The greatest evil. The greatest illness. The greatest sickness in this, on this planet. And God has dealt with it. And we're worrying about everything else and God's saying, I've got a solution for this thing on earth. It's called making the hearts of people right in my sight. And it'll secure their destiny, their future, even though they'll go through difficulties in life, their future and their eternity would be safe. This is a pretty good, pretty good cure to an illness. Would you agree? And Paul recognizes, Paul's in prison, he's been beaten, he's been shamed, he's been, he's, he's been beaten with rods, he's been whipped, and he's still saying this, I've got, to, I've got to complete the mission. I mean, if anybody had the right to give up a mission, it was Paul, would it not have been not? But what does Paul say? There's something that's really important in this world that I've got to do. What is it? To tell people about the grace of God and the goodness of God. That is your mission. That is the most important thing on this planet is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people will minimize it. They'll put it on a shelf. They'll keep it in a book. But God is a living God and he secured the destiny of every person on this planet to believe in him. This is, Paul says, the most important thing in your world is to tell people about the grace of God. But if you're not partaking and you're not at the party, you won't understand the grace of God that you can share with others because it's first not been shared with you. Are you still my friend? Are you still with me? So why are you here? Why, why, why am I here? I think I've hit this one a few times. It's this. I'm here to share the good news. I'm here to share the good news. The first thing we need to do is receive the good news. The forgiveness of sins. Eternal life in God. I mean, come on. Is there anybody happy in here that your future's secure? We should be partying. We should be feasting at the banquets of the riches of God in Christ Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. Wow. Do you know my past? Yeah, but Paul, you're redeemed. Because I've redeemed you. Wow. I'm going to sit at the table of the king and feast on his riches through Jesus Christ. I'm here to share, to partake. You know, Jesus often says this to people who are weary and tired. Come to me. Come on. Come. You're tired. You're burning out. You're anxious. 
what do we do? Come to Jesus. Come on, come to Jesus. Sit with Jesus. Let him teach you how to deal with your anxiety, your worry, your stress. Let Jesus teach you. Spend time with him. Come to him. But then when you've been with Jesus, what do you find? (laughs) Jesus says something else. We've got to go. So we need the balance of coming to Jesus, sharing and partaking of what Jesus has done for us. But then the mission isn't just to stay there, but it is to go. So how do I share the good news? I've kind of touched on this. The first thing is this, which is the challenging thing for all of us. You share the good news with your life. Your life is the witness. Now, I know we need to tell people about Jesus and we need to tell him about the grace. But the first most fundamental message that you will give is your life. Would you agree? People are not always listening to your words, but they are watching your actions. They're looking for the kindness, what you talk about, and the good news that you, you preach about. They're looking to see if it's actually evident in your life or we're just hypocrites. And we are hypocrites at times. We're all hypocrites. We say one thing and do another. And I think Jesus knows that and loves us. But he also wants us to learn to actually look at our words and look at our lives and be responsible for that. You know, Romans 14, 12 says this. Each of us will give an account of himself or ourselves to God. Dun, dun, dun. Don't you find that scary? Does that scare you? Is anybody scared of that? I'm just being honest. Is anyone out there? Why do we get scared of that? We get scared of that because of what we've done in the past, right? Would you agree? Right? Now, God's not looking at your past anymore. He's looking at your future. Would you, does that make sense? Now, this account isn't that you get into heaven... This isn't, I've got to do a good work, so if I've been a good girl or a good boy, that I get into heaven. That doesn't get you into heaven. It's Jesus that gets us into heaven. It's a good job it is, right? Faith in Jesus offers forgiveness of sins, and you start an eternity with God. We do not earn ourselves to heaven. This is something different. This is your bank account. This is your future. This is your reward in heaven. This is your credit that you're putting in heaven. How much credit do you want in heaven? How much reward do you want? Do you want a little reward? Or do you want a big reward? What do you want? Is anybody out there? Come on! Sorry, I made a jump off a seat. What do you want? I just have a little reward. God, as long as I'm in heaven, it's all right. As long as I just get there. As long as I just scrape through and crawl over the line and I just boom. God's like, look at what I've done. Do you look at my riches, look at the abundance, look at my table you sit at. Now what do you want to settle for? Do you want, do you want the full spread? Do you want the all-inclusive? Or do you just want a self-catering? I'm just self-catering me. I'm not good enough. God's saying, I paid the price that you are good enough. And you're going to stay for self-catering. Stop self-catering. Get on the all-inclusive. I can't afford. No, you can't afford and you're not paying for it. You didn't pay for the hotel. You didn't pay for heaven. You didn't pay for the banquets. You didn't pay. You didn't make access. You didn't pay for the invites. Somebody else paid for it. I don't have to pay for it. No, 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 no. You don't pay for it. You've got an all-inclusive eternal holiday forever and ever in a hotel that's going to be better than you can even imagine. And we're thinking, uh, what kind? What are we going to settle for, God? All-inclusive. No, I'll go South Catering. 
get your self-catering mindset out. You've got a God of abundance, a God of more than enough, almighty God. He doesn't want you settled for minimalistic. He doesn't want you to minimize your life. God said, I want you to think bigger than that. I want you to be far-reaching. I want you to settle for second best. My son is not second best. My son is the best for you. The blood of Jesus is the best for you. The name of Jesus is the best for you. Stop settling for this world. Stop settling for inadequacy. Stop settling for disappointment or not good enough. God says, I am good enough for you. Am I good enough for you? Because that is what gives you access to heaven. Woo! I'm coming in the party then, Jesus. Now, this account, this scripture is saying, okay, what reward do you want in heaven? Oh, okay. This is different. Yeah, this is different. Do you want to get in heaven and your whole family's in heaven? Oh, no, 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 I just want self-catering, just looking after myself. No, I want my whole family in heaven. Amen? Oh, now you've changed from self-catering. Now it's people you love dearly, you've changed. Are you with me? Who else do you want in heaven? You imagine getting to heaven, right? And somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, I don't got a clue who you are. Who the heck? Have you ever been to one of them parties? You get around the parties, people are talking to you, and you're like, I don't have a clue who you are. I'll do it very often with Sarah. They'll come up to me. She says, I know when you don't know him because you don't introduce the name. Yeah. You go, hi, how are you doing? Yeah, I say, this is Sarah. Da, da, da. And we go away, and I'm like, I haven't got a clue, baby, it was. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know. And then I wrap my brain all night, and I still don't know who they are. You imagine getting heaven, and that happens to you. Hey, how are you doing? John, Bert, Albert. What are you laughing at names like that for? <laughs> cool names. Middle names. William. You don't say anything now. That is my middle name. Right? Don't call me Willie. Call me Bill. So imagine getting to heaven and people go, hey, how are you doing? You're like, I haven't got a clue who it is. And they say to you, remember when you were down in that shop and you showed me that kindness? I remember that kindness. It touched my heart. It gave me belief in humanity again. And you're like, I didn't even see that. Or remember when you were at work and everybody else was going, nyang, 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 and you didn't? That's when I first saw Jesus in you. I didn't understand it at the time, but it gave me something different to see in the world. Do you see what I'm saying? That's your witness. And, and your witness is important because your witness will point people to Jesus. It's like an invitation to Jesus saying, there's a party over here. Do you want to come? Remember, remember that game when you used to do that at school? Do you remember you used to do this where you used to pick, pick, pick who was on? There's a party on the hill, will you come? Now, I've just lost a whole generation. It's the worst, it's the worst way of picking people, right? Because it does this. There's a party. You, put, you used to put your feet in like this, and you, went, you used to go like, there's a party on the hill, will you come? I'm like, I don't want to go party. Bring your home bread and butter and a bun. It's like, I mean, if you can go to a party, who takes buns, right? It's not got, I mean... There's a party on the hill where you come. Bring your own bed and brought around a bun. And then it says this. Who is your very best friend here? It's completely divisive. It's like if I say John, it's like everybody else. Why don't you pick me? John. So you go, J-O-A... I can't spell it. J-O-H-N. Spells John. And then you did this just to shame your best mate. John will be there with a ribbon in his hair. He's gone out. He's got the kids. Oh, he's there. I mean, what kind of picking thing is that? It's divisive. It's naff. Buns. Ribbons in it. John will be there with a ribbon in there. And what colour will that ribbon be? And you went, R-red. R-E-D spells red. You are it. 
That's how you pick people? Sorry, spat on you. You could pick people like that if you wanted. But here's the deal. That's how you pick people. Why, why, am, I, why am I saying that, right? Why, why are we talking about this? Right, your witness is important. God has picked you, chosen you. He's sending you on a mission now. You're in a mission field. Your witness is paramount. What you say in your life, begin to do. Don't just be hearers. Be doers of the word by loving people and being kind. You are now on a mission field. You are, if you're a believer of Jesus, you now are a witness. You are an ambassador sent with the values and the beliefs of the king into a different alien environment. Welcome to the follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're not partaking and you're not in the party, this won't make sense because you'll go, well, I'm being a witness. I'm just stay self-catering me. That's fine, but just be careful because self-catering won't get you into heaven. This is the danger of this. Imagine going to a party. Is this okay with me? Imagine going to a party and at the party there's people there that you don't really like, but it's your party. Some of you think I've been to one of them. Imagine going to a party where there's people there that no one likes you. No one loves you, but it's your party. You think, why, why, why am I telling you this? Well, that's the same as it'll be with God. God has put on this party, he's made a way, and he's loved us more than anything. But there's people in this world that don't want to love God, even though he's loved them. And they think they're going to die and go to heaven and be in eternity. But God, God's going to look there and go, but you never love me. You won't come to me party, but you don't love me. So how can you come to the party if you don't first receive my love and my invitation? So you're not even a part of it, let alone understanding why God did it and being a part of the party and the celebration of what God's done. You've still not partaken of the invitation. And that's a danger for some people and for all of us that actually we have the invitation, but we don't partake. We think, oh, God's just going to save me. No, no, no. God loved you. Jesus says this, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. How in love with God are you this morning? Do you know that God has loved you with everything? He can't love you anymore. And he's made a way in a banquet. He's put it on for you. He's just saying, come to me. Come, come, come spend time with me. Get to know who I am. This is not a problem. This is a person. This is a living God who's real and wants to know you and wants you to get to know how deep his love is. So the first thing is I'm here to share the good news. The second thing is this. God expects me to bring people to Jesus. Oh dear. It's gone quiet. It says in Luke 14, 23, it says, go at once into the streets and alleys and towns and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame and go out into the roads and lanes and urge all the people to come to my house that it would be full. John 1, 40 to 42 says this. The first, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah and he brought him to Jesus. As soon as he understood who Jesus was, the Messiah, the good news, what did he do? He goes and finds his brother and brings him to Jesus. We've all got a responsibility to bring people to Jesus. Would you agree? We're not bringing people to religion. We're not bringing people to doctrine, belief. We're bringing people to the living God, Jesus. 
right, who's alive, he's real. It's not my job to convert someone. It's not my job to beat someone up until they believe what I believe. No, no, no. It's just my job to tell you about the good news and introduce you to Jesus. If you want to reject Jesus, that's okay. But I just want to tell you about someone who I've discovered. His name is Jesus. And he's changed my life. He's changed my heart. He loves me. And I know I'm unconditionally loved. I have my battles, you say. But you know what? And I've got a past, but I've discovered someone who loves me. His name is Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. I've got to bring people to Jesus. I've not got to convert them. It's not my job to do that. It's my job to bring them to Jesus and introduce them to Jesus. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, I can do that for you this morning and I can introduce you for Jesus. Introduce you to Jesus if you want to believe in him. Okay, so he expects us to bring people. And I think, why, why don't people just come? Why? Why? Well, people have freedom to choose, which is what God has wonderfully empowered us to do. And we can't override people's freedom. 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 that says this. And I really like this scripture. It says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. <laughs> oh, we don't like that one, do we really? Work at telling others the good news. And fully carry out the ministry. This is Paul writing to Timothy to give him a little bit of advice. Yes, you're suffering, but suffer for Jesus and suffer well. Why? Because it's witness. That's what Jesus did. He suffered on the cross and he suffered well. He suffered with a grace and a compassion and a mercy that he forgave his enemies. That's our role now is to forgive our enemies and to love those who we don't get on with. That is the witness that we're called to do. Not that we just love those who we love, but love those who we don't love. Because that's what Jesus did. Then he says this, work at telling people the good news. Work. It's not just going to happen. How much work do we do at telling people the good news? Do we realize it's a job? And there's an expectation on your job description as a believer now. Your job, your mission is to tell people about Jesus. And in that is an expectancy that you will bring people to Jesus. And in that job description also, by the way, you're going to have to work at this because it doesn't just happen. Have you ever found that? That people don't just come to Jesus. I walk down the street, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. They don't just come. Why? Because it takes work. It takes time. It takes relational trust that needs to be built in your world. Now, I don't know about you, but me in church, I find myself connecting with Christians all the time. Which is great. But the challenge for me is, well, how do I connect with non-Christians? Because that's my mission now, that's my job. Not to just connect with Christians and have a wonderful group that I feel secure and feel fine. That's all wonderful. But the mission of God is to go for the lost. And if I'm not connecting with unbelievers, there's something in my world that's not balanced. That's what Jesus did. It takes work. Now, if you're going to be a doctor, it doesn't just happen, does it, Beck? I want to be a doctor. Put me hand up for Jesus. I'll put me hand up for being a doctor. Boom, does it just happen? No. It takes work, time, commitment, energy, devotion, commitment, disappointments, letdowns, rejections, feeling inadequate, push through, go again, work at it, pass my test, do this. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
It's the same with evangelism. It's the same with the gospel. We have to work at it, persevere, pray for people, build relationships, keep committed, even when they reject us, not just reject them. Go again, forgive them, show them kindness. This is the gospel. This is what Jesus did for you. He didn't give up at the first whip. He didn't give, give up at the first nail. He kept in hanging in there. He kept his reach wide for you. And that's our job as believers, not to give in, but to persevere like Jesus for the lost. That's why we're here. And you think, oh, it didn't happen. Well, I'm going to give you a project this morning. Three years. Three years I'm going to give you to bring one person to Jesus Christ. Well, you give him, yeah, you got a job for three years now. Find one person, bring him to Jesus. Now, in the meantime, you might bring 10 to Jesus and they reject him. But I'll guarantee if you keep working at it and praying for people and connecting with people and loving people and forgiving people, at some point, one of those people will come through. 249 people in this room last Sunday. Everybody brings one person. That takes us up to how many? 490. Pass. 498. Give me the nod. 498. Now that causes a lot of other problems. You think the kids' rooms are full now? Oh, I don't want to do that. We need more kids' workers. I don't want to do that. I'm on, I'm on, I, I, I'm on self-catering. Yeah, but God wants his house full. Oh, I'm on this mission. This is for me. Accommodate my needs and my, my, my difficulties. Get out of self-catering, through off-board, and get on your all-inclusive package. From Yorkshire. Get on all-inclusive up Yorkshire, look. Are you with me? Oh, I've got a job description. Yeah, you're on a mission tomorrow. Three years, bring one person to Christ. Woo! And the house will be full. One? I'm not giving you a big task, am I? One person. Connect with one person. Even your enemy, connect with them. I dare you. I dare you love them. I mean, my mum's here this morning. I mean, I was an enemy in that house when she got remarried. I told them where to stuff that marriage. I told them where to go. I was not a believer. I was in pain. I was in suffering. I was disappointed, disillusioned. I hated my life. I hated the thought of my mum marrying again and my dad wasn't there. My dad had died when I was young. What did she do? She loved me. She loved me unconditionally. Bought me curries when I was nasty just to pour the love of the curry on me. Why? Because she's not in self-catering. She's in all-inclusive. All-inclusive, unconditional love of God that never fails. That's Jesus' love for us. We're in all-inclusive, guys. Are you in all-inclusive? I don't know. I want to live in all-inclusive. Would you want to self-catering? I'll go half-board. I'll just go part the way off-board. No, no, no. All-inclusive. Get in. <laughs> I feel like Peter K today. <laughs> how, do we, how do I connect with someone? It's really simple. Let's listen to what Paul says. I'm not giving you a task that you can't do. You can do it. Ready? Paul says this. Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him or her, so that they will let me tell them about Christ and let Christ save him or her. How do I connect? Find something you've got in common with someone. Football. Any footballers in here? One or two? Any netballers? No. One, Ben. Come on. What are you laughing at? We don't do gender issues in here. If he wants to play netball, he plays netball, Ben, don't you? I used to teach netball at school. 
You know, any, any, y'all, any knitters in here? Come on. We need a knitting ministry that finds a knitter who's not saved, finds them in common, and brings them to Christ. You are fully equipped, needles, wool, ready for mission tomorrow. I'm not equipped. Yeah, you are. Find something in common. Stamp collectors. I mean, they're like, you're fully equipped. Find another stamp collector. All right, okay. It's this easy. It's this easy. Do, do, do. We get it. Oh, you got it? Find something in common. Don't preach. Don't just connect with people, love people, find something in common, go along the journey with them and talk to them and love them and witness to them. And at the right time, you'll get opportunity to introduce them to Jesus. If they reject him, that's okay. Pray for him and love him anyway. Have you got it? It's that simple. Find something in common next three years. Get out of our Christian bubble. Get connected to other people in the world. Football, chess, hiking. Anybody like hiking, walking, cycling, running? Find somebody else who's not a Christian and go with them. Darts, my favorite. Dancing. I think it's my favorite, but I'm just not. Come on, Jess, find a dancer. Rugby, cricket, any interest you've got. Now, if you haven't got an interest, then find an interest because you might be boring. (laughs) People don't connect with me because you haven't got an interest. You're not interesting. I'm just being honest. Paul Scanlon did a message on this about interested and boring people. You're not interested because you've got no interests. You can't connect with people because you've got no interests. Find the interests, what you like to do, and enjoy doing that. It's that simple. Enjoy what you do. Find your interests and connect with people who have the same interests and enjoyments. Bringing people to Jesus. The last point is this. I need to finish. God expects me to go wherever I can. Jesus says, go. What does he say? He says, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Tomorrow you're on a mission to go and to tell people. That is your mission. It's the generic common mission of us all. Now, you may have a unique mission to you that God gives you to use your gifts, talents, and make a difference wherever it is. This is a common mission for us all that we're all included in, okay? Jesus says in John 13, 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. Your example to follow tomorrow is Jesus. To be reconciled to those in your family, those closest to you, to forgive them. Get out of your self-catering mode and get in the all-inclusive. Forgive them with the love of God. Say sorry with the love of God so that your family will first be reconciled to one another then ultimately to Christ. Those in your workplace, are your widest fear. Those who are your enemies in your streets or wherever. I'm just thinking of one in my streets. He's just been very interesting recently. I'm here to love him. Amen? Jesus says where? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's home. Your first witness is home. Second witness, Judea, Samaria. Those who are a little bit further afield can be your enemies. They're near you, but they're not like you. And then... Where else does he say? To all the ends of the earth. That's everyone, everywhere. There's no boundaries. There's no limitation. There's no self-catering on this. This is an all-inclusive. God wants his house full. Would you agree? This is the heart of God. If we don't go with this message, this is the most important thing on the planet. 
People are going to think they get to heaven by wishful thinking. It doesn't happen. It gets to he- they get to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. God has made a way. He's made an access. He's made a banquet. He's done it. He cannot do any more. It's our job now to be witness to that grace in our lives, to demonstrate that to the best of our ability by the grace of God, and also at the right time, tell people when people are asking questions. Are you still with me? 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord isn't being slow about his promise. Sometimes you think, why why isn't God turning up? Why aren't we seeing people? The Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as people, people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants everybody to turn away from their selfish lives and come to him and know his love. God does not want anyone lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. I'm going to finish with this. Is Tim up there? He's up there. He's going to start to thank you, Tim. You know, God has so much promise for each one of us. We think we're going to lose something or we're scared of being rejected if we tell people. But here's the deal what God says, right? It says, let me assure you, that no one has ever given up anything for the love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back a hundred times. I don't know about you, but when I, if I'm going to invest some money or I'm going to find somewhere I could put my money, I'd look at the interest rate and I'd look for the highest interest rate of investing my money, my time, my energy. Would you not? Some business people in here, you you understand this probably more than me and other people. If I'm going to invest my resource into something, I'm going to look for the highest interest rate. Well, I'm telling you, the highest interest rate is God. He offers a hundred times interest for anything that you invest into his kingdom. That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good credit that God is saying, whatever you give up for the sake of me, you think the all-inclusive that you go to is good? Well, you want to see the all-inclusive I've got for you. As you give up, if you surrender, as you tell people, and people will reject you, people will make you feel silly, they'll do all of that. But this is what God promises. I will give you back even more what you lose. Your reputation. You think, I'm losing my reputation, no one listens to me. Well, get ready for the reputation you'll get in heaven. When you walk in and everyone says, they're here. They told more people than anyone else, even though they got rejected most of the time. Your reward isn't in this world, guys. Your reward is in God in heaven. And he's the one who watches you. He's the one who's with you. He's the one who knows your pain and your suffering when you're going through what you're going through. But as you stick with Jesus, as you persevere, and you devote your life to the mission that he's given, I'll guarantee he will give you back more than you give up. That's a pretty good return, would you say? Why? Because we've got a pretty good God. He wants his house full. He wants to see his children saved. How far far does God go? He goes much further than us. He's reached out to you. He reached his arms out, stretched out his love with such a depth. It will solve every issue in your heart as you learn to trust him and partake in his goodness. And sometimes we can look back and we think, but look what I did. Look at my past. I, I'm not good enough. I mean, I, I, you don't know my past. God looks at it and says, I understand your past. 
we've all messed up. I messed up. I got it wrong for 27 years. But here's the deal now. I'm back on the mission. I'm back on the mission field. I'm seeking after God and I'm believing for his house to get full. He's let me in the house. Now I'm going to go tell others about the house. And yeah, I've got to learn to shake off some stuff, but now I'm on the mission of God. I'm called by God and I'm an ambassador this week to be a witness for the glory of God. Some of you maybe need to shake off your past and say, I've got a past, but now I'm on the mission of God. Today's the day that I choose. Now is my day. I'm back on with God to be a witness for him because what he first did for me. Maybe some of you don't know the love of God when he's reached out for you in the depth of his love. Let Come to Jesus and let him fill you with his love. Let him empower you with his spirit so that you can be witnesses for his sake. You can't do that. He does it. He receives you. He forgives you. And he fills you with the love. Our pride stops as we go, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I don't Well, that's fine. That won't get you there. Surrender your heart to Jesus. Trust in the depth of his love he has for you. Let him take you on a journey of reconciliation, a journey of not understanding his love and his peace. And if you're here today, I believe there's opportunity for you to respond to that love today. Please come and speak to us after, and I'd love to pray for you. Let's just bow our heads and pray. The band want to come up. Jesus, we thank you that you were the first one sent by God you've shown us the way you've poured out your goodness you've poured out your mercy your grace and I pray for people in here God just to know that grace the unconditional all inclusive love of God we sing the reckless love of God that abounds beyond our sin bounds beyond the things that chain us and it sets us free. It comes not just with words, but it comes with power. Power to set the captive free, to release them from bondage, to begin to rebuild people. So Father, I pray right now for people. You know, if you're here, just bow your head and you want to receive the love of God or you want to receive the Holy Spirit who will empower you to be a witness. I dare you do that. They'll give you a confidence and a boldness to testify to your life's difference and you're able to tell people about Jesus. Maybe you're timid and you think, I can't do that. May God fill you right now with the Holy Spirit to be a witness for him in the name of Jesus. So Father, we just thank you for today. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We thank you for reaching out to us, spreading out your arms on that cross, loving us so that we could partake and be a part of the party. And Father, I pray this week that we would look out for those who you want in your house and be a witness in the name of Jesus. Amen.